goes On and on and on and on it goes Life is buried in my soul The thought of dying leaves me cold It's only a picture in my mind Telling me on and on and on and on it goes On and on and on and on it goes Getting me down. <laughs> the inside's no. off, upside is down. The rowdies are here. Can you tell? I was having a nice little moment listening to that beautiful voice. And look what happened, Mark Tinson. You rowdies. We got distracted. You did, didn't you? Friday <laughs> music show here at 1233 ABC Newcastle. Mark Tinson, hi. Hi. We've got rock and roll royalty in the studio. We certainly do. Uh, he thinks he is that, yeah, that. You're talking about Mitch Cairns, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ex-Novocastrian. He's yeah. on his way up. You know? <laughs> now, you know, somebody asked me at the beginning of the year, what 60s rock act yeah. will have a gold album this year? Yeah. And, you know, Russell Morris didn't spring to mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I reckon you're probably the only one that has this year. Yeah, I am the only one, but it didn't spring to my mind either. But no. Believe me, uh, when we did this album, it was done out of a labour of love because I sort of like roots and blues music and yeah. I'd always wanted to do a roots and blues music album. I chose Australian history because I love history. I've always loved any type of history. Yeah. And... Um, the two, you'd think the two kisses of death for a gold album would be blues and history. <laughs> and Australia. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it wasn't done with the intention. It was just done a, as a labour of love, which yeah. has been, it's proved to be really uh, enlightening. And, and I think we have to pay homage to your producer who's sitting right next to us and plays bass in your, in your uh, touring band now as well, Mitch Cairns, yeah. ex-Novocastrian. And without his foresight... The album probably wouldn't have come together, yeah. Well, he, yeah, his his foresight I'm glad was. Glad got a fan here. <laughs> <laughs> you two are making him blush a bit. His foresight was out of uh, desperation of staying alive because yeah. at that stage Brian Cad, who I was working with, had decided that he was going overseas and he dropped the bomb on us that he may not be coming back. <clears throat> and at that stage, Jim Keys was very sick, and Mitch said. You've got to do something or we won't have any work. <laughs> and I said, well, I've got the blues album. He said, well, we've got to finish it. Our very special studio guest this week is Russell Morris, who uh, I suspect, Russell, you've just had the most amazing couple of years with, with Shark Mouth. We started talking about this album quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it a lot since and played it a lot since. And as, as Mark was saying... <coughs> Maybe not so who to thank it, but isn't it a wonderful thing? It, it is a, it's a great thing, and uh, I have to thank particularly the ABC because the ABC embraced it from day one and just went bang. Uh, the commercial stations just didn't want to know. Gee, what a surprise. And the ABC just broke it right across the country, and some of the little uh, sort of community stations jumped on it as well. And the smaller state, and it was, it's some just of them been played wonderful. it as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell, one great story. <clears throat> we um, 
And you were saying before, if anyone was going to have a gold record, who was it going? Not me. I would have been at the bottom of the list. You would have put lots of people ahead of that. And um, what happened? I worked in sale, and a guy rang me up, Neville, and he runs Leading Edge up there. And he said, would you come up and do a store appearance? And I said, where to? He said, sale. I said, it's two hours. I'm not coming up there. And he said, I've sold 70 albums. And I said, okay, I'll come up. So I went up with Peter. We got up there. When we got there, he'd sold 200. This was like three weeks later. And he said what he'd done, he had an ABC program in Gippsland. And each week he'd feature an Australian record. Mm. And he said he'd get them from the record companies and there was mine and he'd look at it. He'd look at it and then put it on the bottom of the pile, shuffle it down to the bottom because he thought he was prejudging it. He didn't know what to expect and he thought, oh, it'll be just more of the same. And he was caught at the end with one show and one album to go. And he put it on. He said, said, I have to apologise. He said, I prejudged it. And he said, I didn't even listen to it and I prejudged it. And I think that's what happens with a lot of my peers, a lot of people will see a, a new record from whether it be from Joe <coughs> Camilleri or Daryl Braithwaite or well, there's um, the classic uh, John Farnham, the Voice album. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. they they put that out without a with and a name on it. Daryl Braithwaite just this week announcing that he's he's releasing some new work with Sony, and who'd have thought that? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I played yeah. on about five of the songs, <coughs> four or five of the songs. It's mm. good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking mm. forward to it. Mitch, can you smuggle a copy? Oh, yeah, yeah if, I, if I get one. Because it's, I, I love this sort of conversation. I mean, we're all sitting in the foyer earlier, grizzling about how we're all getting older, except for you, Mitch. But, <laughs> Russell, you, we first spoke 25 years ago in, when I was still working in commercial radio, and, you know, you've lived through this as well. And having worked in a record company myself, I understand that whole process, and I've been through that whole process of not watching music, not seeing music get played. And it is one of the greatest privileges <coughs> of my radio career to work for the ABC where we can go, I might play that. I might play that. And not get into mm. trouble. Rather than being told, you won't play that you or you will play, play this or yeah. see this person from the US, we are going to break this artist in Australia. To not be told that, that I have to do that, is such a privilege of this job. Well, that, that's the great. That's how radio used to be. I mm. remember when we first started, I remember in, in Melbourne... <clears throat> Ian Meldrum was saying to me, we'd just done a record, and he said, we'll go and see Stan Rofe at 3AW. And Stan Rofe was a big star to me. He was on air, and I thought I'd heard him on the radio. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how are we going to do that? He said, we'll just go up to the radio station. Mm-hmm. So we went up to the radio station and walked in, and Stan came down, had a cup of tea with us, and Ian said, we've got this. <clears throat> what do you think? Stan played it. He said, love it. I'll play it. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like, and that's yeah. what you're... you're able to do those sort of things and that's what it was like it's changed now it's all demographics mm. now and um and you know the, the thing about demographics i don't know that it works <coughs> i don't we, think we it get does, these yeah. american models and you just go who thought this up and who thinks it works yeah that's another interesting conversation yeah. for another day but i point out to people when i play guitars on the radio that um pete townsend's now about 70 yes he's getting mm. close yeah, and then there's Keith Richards, so, who is and looks about 90. So, <laughs> so do the math. It's a Friday yeah. music show here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Um, I've been uh, – are you comfortable, Russell? My producer is concerned that you don't look comfortable. Do you want another chair? No, I'm fine. Are you sure? It's a low chair, but it's okay. Because we can right. organise you and I'll swap with you. No, I've, I've got my foot on my guitar case here. That's why I look uncomfortable. And I've got my little 
guitar on my knee and I've got it propped up. See, we Because there's only one you. mic there and I've got to sort of try yeah. and get the voice and the guitar into the well, one. Well, let's see if it, if it works. Yeah. Let's look. Does that work? Strap the stuff. Does it work? Off you go. Oh, it's buzzing. That's obviously not working <laughs> too well. No, that, that's, that's authentic, that's Russell. Here we go. That's the blues. Will I play something? Yeah. Yes. Oh, here we go. Little honey's in the kitchen where she's cooking up a storm. No good brother, no, is out on the porch. Sister of mine where she's long overdue. And I'm in this back room with the black dog blues. Well, the car won't start, so it's sitting in the drive. So damn hot where I'm barely alive. No beer, so I don't know what I'll do. Cause I'm in this back room with the black dog blues. I got the load down, spell down, let down, unsound, underground, run down by the hell, hell, black dog blues. I got the all pain, no gain, hard rain, no brain, insane, no became ball and chain, black dog blues. Well, the house is on fire and I'm burning inside Ain't got no work cause there's no work to find Sitting here alone, I got nothing to do Cause I'm in this back room with the black dog blues Ooh, I think I'll scratch a while Ow, 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 ow Our very special guest this week, Russell Morris, joining us in the studio here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. So, Russell, initial expectations of Sharkmouth. Let's just get back on track with that for a minute. Uh, Well, Mitch and I spoke about it, and um, I said if we were lucky, we might sell 5,000 copies if we can get an independent release. Mitch, what's a lot of sales these days? Happy if you sell any these days. (laughs) People aren't aren't burning them. Oh, come on, don't give up. So to, to sell 5,000, you'd think you'd done pretty well? Yeah, we, we would have been pretty happy with that, yeah. Gee, that's a lot of work gigs. for 5,000 yeah. records, isn't it? Yeah, 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 well, we would have sold them at, at gigs to <clears throat> try and make our money back. And if we had got a small deal with the company and we'd sold 5,000 or 8,000, we would have made the money back. Yeah. So what's gold status now? Is that 35,000, okay. yeah. And, of course, you know, I was talking to Mitch yesterday, and it's actually creeping up towards platinum now. It's going to platinum it's 60 now, yeah. Or, we yeah. think it'll make platinum by Christmas, which okay. is great. How many more sales do you need for that? Uh, think, it's at around yeah. 60,000 now, yeah. so it, yeah. it's 70 years platinum. <laughs> right. Newcastle people, do your do your work. Well, you guys, you've got 10,000 with you for these gigs that you're doing around here. Yeah, you should we, be able to carry them around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a van with a trailer out the front. I saw it, a van yeah. with a trailer. It's like okay. a hot dog van so, with CDs. <laughs> hot doggies, cool. Yeah. After concert, hot doggies and CDs. So, Russell, you thought maybe 5,000, that'd be okay? Yeah, because <clears throat> Mitch said to me, what do you think we could... I said, well, when I did the Unplugged album with... Um, Liberation. I said it sold about eight thousand. I said, you know, we never know. We could get, we could be lucky and get up there. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> it's been a, a, a great experience for both of us. Yeah. At and what point did you did you start to go? Oh goodness gracious me! This is um <clears throat> well interesting. 
the record company, we signed to an independent record company and they took it and uh, they rang me up and it was the first time it went into the charts. And what was it, 41 or something? Uh, I think it started at 89. Was 89. The first and then jumped to about 49. Yeah, when it jumped to 49, I went, wow, I was really over the moon. I thought, this is incredible. I rang Mitch and we were both really excited and we <laughs> celebrated. And then it just kept going. It just went the next week and jumped like 20 places again and it just kept going all the way right up into the top 10. Yeah. And because it, it drags your uh, gig price with it, doesn't it? So that's that's <laughs> one of it. goes higher. Yeah. Uh, when, I've been working on it. <laughs> when you go through divorces as, as often as I do, it's probably a good thing that the, <sighs> it does drag the price up. Once it'd be enough, really. One yeah, divorce, and you'd, yeah. Think, you'd, yeah, think you'd think an old dog... Yeah, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I couldn't learn new tricks when I was a young dog. I <laughs> keep making the same mistakes. <laughs> I tell you what, you've carried on a great tradition started by the Beatles of being turned down by every record company in the country and then having a success. Selling well, it, well, it is. Yeah. Tell you what is ironic, as I said, that the real thing was turned down as well. Oh, stop it. The real thing was. Oh, EMI they, hated it. They they hang on it. Biggest load of rubbish they, they'd ever heard. Even my kids know where all the umau-mamaus go. Yeah. <laughs> where do they go? <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they want, but usually where you put them. Yeah, so, so that was turned um, down. That was turned down. EMI didn't want to release it. They thought it was a load of rubbish, and they were only going to release it in Melbourne to try and make their money back because I had a base following in Melbourne. So Ian and I got, this is Ian Meldrum, got in a car, drove to Sydney and went to see all the program managers at that stage because at that stage you could knock on the door mm. uh, of these commercial stations in Sydney before they became corporate and say, can I speak to the program manager? Here's the song. What do you think? The, our record company think it's a load of rubbish. Would you play Of course we'll play it. <laughs> Will you sign that? Yeah, I'll sign. So they signed a petition and it came out and to uh, really stick it to the record company because radio and the, and record companies at that stage weren't getting along very well. They just went in and just ploughed into it to sort of teach them a lesson. Fantastic. And, was it, uh, that, yeah. that was around the record band time, I guess, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just prior to the record band. Yeah. yeah. And, and what they were trying to do was stop paying royalties to record companies for yeah. playing stuff on the air. Yeah. Jeez, it got nasty, didn't it? It did. It did. <sighs> but now, people think that Russell Morris had lots of pop hits, Beautiful voice, beautiful high soaring, pure voice. But you, you dabbled in the blues way back in the seventies on, on one yep. of your albums, and <coughs> and I was just looking at the credits on it. You actually used the guys from Chain. They were my favourite band, <laughs> and one of mine as well. Yeah, well, but, I always use Barry Harvey and Barry Sullivan always on yeah. everything, and I'd always use Phil Manning. Yeah. So strangely enough, it's Phil Manning that's playing all those licks in "Sweet Sweet Love." Yeah. You'd think, you know, <laughs> who's this syrupy guitar player? And it's Phil Manning, one of the best blues guitar players. But we've got a track off that, so we'll play that and yeah. let everybody hear. It. And and you also work with the guys from In Focus as well, Billy Green and, yes. and Duncan Malone. Yeah, well, they, they were all my favourite players, and that's. Where I wanted to head, but I was sort of painted into a corner with a, a once I had a pop hit, you know, yeah. and the record company saying, you've got to produce another hit, you've got to produce another hit, and it became a factory after a while, and you get caught into that. Yeah, that oh, you know what that's like too, Mitch. <coughs> Just producing those hits, it's not like a factory, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's number, Churning them out. Number three. Number three. Number three. Yeah. All right. If I had my glasses on. <laughs> I hate this version. I can't stand it. I oversang this. No, it's, it's all right. It sounds like a, some hysterical lunatic. Oh, hang on. We'll be the judge of that. Yes. Yeah, you, you're only a kid. This is Jail Jonah's daughter. Oh, that's that one. I thought yeah. it was Sweet Sweet Love. No, no, no. no. We're, going with, we're going with the blues, man. Yeah. 
Special Friday music show here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. And our guest is uh, Russell Morris with Mitch Cairns. Mark Tinson joining me in the studio as well. Winged, but still here. Yeah, still broken How's the wing going, by the way? Oh, it's still sore. I don't get any sleep at night. Mm. But, you know, Never don't worry mind. about me. I'll, I'll, I'm a survivor. You're a tough blouse. Played You'll be a, okay. Played in a rock band for 30 years. That's right. Yeah, lived on the... Slipping over in the shower is nothing to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Russell, you were just saying, we're talking about chain... And you were saying that you, at one point, had wished they were actually your band because you felt that it would have taken you on a whole different direction. Yeah, I would have gone into a different direction. <clears throat> I don't think Ian Molly would have been too happy because he was... Although at that stage, I think we'd sort of split because he'd we'd had a, a couple of... Like, he's still my best mate, one of my best mates, and uh, we'd had s- sort of... Uh, professional disagreements like he wanted he saw me as being like australia's davy jones or something from the monkeys and Mm. i wanted to go in a different direction completely as a singer songwriter and um so i sort of we sort of differed on the way we were going the record company kept saying you've got to do another single you've got to do another single but i really would love to have been with a band like chain because i think it would have 
sent me in a different direction. But I, I, I your fate is your fate. Mm. Whatever happens, and those doors open and close for a reason. And uh, maybe if I had have started that earlier, then it wouldn't have worked. When you were working <coughs> on the real thing, what <coughs> was in what was in your head and your heart as far as your musical sensibilities and desires? What were you listening to? What did you want to be? Oh, I was happy doing the real thing. I, I really liked it. I, want, I liked the psychedelic. Mm. Uh, I sort of quite liked psychedelia. I didn't like pop a lot, but I kept it, like I remember Ian had um, <clears throat> done a num- number of songs with me, and we'd done only a matter of time, which I absolutely loathe, which is on the back of the real thing, and a couple of pop songs. And I said to him one day, "The what?" We should say what he means. Yeah, I hate hate these people who hold back. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I said to Ian, I remember sitting in the car, and I said, "Ian, this is this is rubbish." We're not going in the, the direction I want to go. We've got to do. We have to do. So I said, I'm not John Farnham. I'm not Ronnie Burns, and I'm not Normie Rowe. I want to do something that they wouldn't even contemplate thinking about doing. I want to go in that direction. Let's go psychedelia. Let's go into something that's more band orientated than a pop single. And uh, <clears throat> him, to his credit, agreed. He said, "You're right." He said, you're right, they're not, they're not different enough. So 1969 was the real thing. Yeah. Your pop peers at the time, just so I can get this clear in my head. John Farnham. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Burns. Yeah. Normie Rowe had come back from the army, I yeah. think, and there was... Masters Apprentices. Yeah, but they were bands more, yeah. more so. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Masters were <coughs> a bit, bit gnarlier. Do you reckon you'd, you could go on The Voice now and win or not? Um, no, you. Australia's got talent. I, I tell you what, at at nineteen, I couldn't have won. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's very difficult. I, I, the kids that go on there, it must be a, a very difficult to go through and do all that, you know, because singing live and doing those sort of things and being put under that pressure is it'd, it'd be immense. I reckon that when they come out of it at the end of it and go, what happened? <laughs> I feel sorry. Why isn't the phone ringing? You know? I feel sorry for the yeah the ones that come forth, and some idiot's been on on air saying, "You are a world star. You are going to be a world star." And all of a sudden they come forth, and then they're not heard of again. And they go home, and their dunny's still blocked. Yeah, what that does to their heads. That's right. It's just horrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that's true, life, man. That's life. It's yeah. true. And I was just listening to you talk about the real thing there and, and telling Molly, this is rubbish, Let, let's do something real. You actually had a whole album that you'd recorded and then you just went, no, this is not good enough. I want to re-record it. Um, well, and they let you. Yeah, well, EMI, what had happened, they, they'd gotten a record producer and he'd gotten a, a head of steam up and away he went. Mm. And I, I, I tend to go along with things. And I'll say to people, I, I don't know if this is the right thing, and they don't listen, they don't listen, they don't listen, and then all of a sudden they go, you know what, scrap it. <laughs> and that's what happened. He went ahead and he put strings and brass and everything on on everything, and it just drove me insane. And I thought, I said to him, I said, I'm not doing this. You're not releasing it. He said, but all this money's been spent. I don't care. Scrap it. <laughs> so keep that in mind for the next album, Mitch. So no they, strings, no, he, no brass. He tells me if he doesn't like something. <laughs> Oh, we pre- we get along pretty. We've sort of pretty got a pretty good tastes. We share the same sort of tastes. Uh, my uh, my thing is though is I, I have to keep beating Mitch around the head because <laughs> good thing. To well, him. he's a musician. <laughs> well, a bass player. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> but he's a musician, and you have problems with musicians. 
like we have with the guitar player, the wonderful guitar player that's on, on the album, they tend to try and play things that they think other musicians are going to listen to. And you keep saying, stop! I don't, I, this is too clever. Yeah. I want it really basic. Boink, 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 boink. Boom. Mitch gets it, yeah. but sometimes you have to beat him and say, no, 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 yeah, Mitch. When he does the... <laughs> boom, yeah, yeah. In between, yeah. And I, I, I think blues, and he, he says, oh, don't say blues is, is simple. The blues people will get upset. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is blues is rootsy, and it, what it is, it's about your roots, and it's the simplest way to put them across. The playing may not be simple. Yeah. But well, but remember Jim Keyes told us not so long back on his album, somebody asked to play on his album, and he, I think it was... It was uh, uh, oh, Tommy. Yes. Was it Tommy Emmanuel? So, Somebody like that. And, and he said, no, man, you're not playing on my album. Yeah, you're, you're too, too good. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be garage. It's going to be rubbish. Yeah, well, yeah. Some, some people can't dumb... Not, well, it's not dumbed down. Some people yeah. can't get into the genre and play yeah. it correctly. For yeah. instance, you could get a great guitar player and say... Because wh- I was really worried about my dear friend Troy Cassadaly because he wanted to play on the album. And I thought, I said, Troy, it's a blues album. You know, I don't want to hear... <laughs> and Troy was great. He was a telecaster. He was just imitating yeah, me. He got it. And he just went bang and played a mighty solo. Yeah. He's a good man, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's he doesn't a get wonderful guy for his yeah. guitar playing either. We're just going to take a quick break for the news <laughs> headlines. And then I'm going to talk about this whole young dog, old dog thing that's going on here, because this is very entertaining. But what we haven't done with Russell, we didn't warn him. We normally have our guests have sing the, the news theme. The ABC news theme. Oh, Peter played that last time I was on the ABC. Oh, I did it, too. How does it go? I can't I think play it. it. I think it has been... What an introduction. Thank That's you very wonderful. much. That's wonderful. Friday Music Show here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Carol Duncan with you this afternoon. Mark Tinson joining me and our special guests in the studio, Russell Morris and Mitch Cairns. We'll return in a moment, but Russell, this is one that, of course, uh, off Shark Mouth, which is a little bit special to people in our hood. <laughs>
Friday Music Show here at 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Carol Duncan, Mark Denson, Mitch Cairns in the studio and Russell Morris. You put a song on and they instantly start pulling it up. Oh, I should have done this. And, did you notice how we did this? And the and I got you to do that. And oh, goodness me. Just, yeah. just while we were playing that and we weren't listening, uh, you're saying, you think of yourself as a songwriter primarily. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, when I said I was uh, going to do uh, an interview with Russell Morris, a couple of my mates said, oh, yeah, I'm in the bar. And our mate Mac, who's, who's in the Occasional guest on this, and you know, Russell actually did some writing and and recording with Michael Bruce from the Alice Cooper band. That's right. Yes, <laughs> that come about. Um, I got to meet um, Gene and Dino from the Rascals. Yep. And uh, before you go on, I saw them on Broadway. Oh, did this, you? Fantastic. This year, <coughs> they fantastic. Since the seventies, yeah. And cool. they became quite good friends, yeah. particularly Gene. And um, Gene produced that album. And he liked what I'd done, and he uh, he said, "Would you write some stuff with Michael for the album?" So um, they gave me some of Michael's tracks, and I just wrote some lyrics. And unfortunately, Michael couldn't sing them, yeah. so I had to I had to do the singing on some of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually found one of those tracks. Oh, did you? And, and I was thinking when I was listening to it, Michael Bruce couldn't sing this to save himself. Yeah, no, that was the problem. <laughs> yeah. So then Gene wanted to produce me, yeah. but at that stage I didn't have a record deal in America, so it didn't happen. Mm. That's a shame, isn't it? Oh 
I get the impression I might be the only person in the room who really likes that. <laughs> okay, Mark Tinson, tell what what what's this? It was it was back part up of, that truck a little. Yeah, uh, Michael Bruce did a solo album after I think after he just finished with Alice Cooper. Right, and uh, and uh, as Russell said, he, he got called in to write some songs with uh, Michael, and uh, that particular track, as we said, there's no way Michael Bruce could sing that. No, and, which brings us to the point: Can Russell Morris still sing it? These I can still sing it. Yeah, yeah I just can't yeah. remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can get those notes still, yeah. but it's uh, yeah, you, your eyes kind of glazed over when you, when we started it, and we said, "What's this?" <laughs> yeah, I don't. Well, strangely enough, I I am one of those type of people. Uh, this is, makes me very different, as I said, as as a musician. Um, <clears throat> if I haven't played something for three months, forget it. I forget it. Whereas Mitch <laughs> will play something and he'll remember it mostly. You know, he he, he would have played something two years ago and get up and, and he can get it, work his way through it. I wouldn't have it's a, faking it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have a clue. We never clue. Can we go back to the real thing for a second? Because you're sitting next to two recording nerds here. <coughs> were you, what were you using there? Was it like eight tracks? Eight it? tracks. Yeah. yeah. So, so the band was done on what one or two tracks, and then you started using other six tracks for all the wacky effects. And yeah, yeah. The, basically, um, well, the, no, there was only two tracks for the effects, and there would have been one for the vocals. And I think everything just got bounced down. All right. And what happened? It would be done on those tracks, and I think we, we, I don't even think we even slaved another machine to, to, to worry about generations. I think yeah. we did slave another machine for the effects. Yeah. So for, it didn't for those keep, people out there wondering yeah. what slave means, you put two together, or you, you yeah. Mix, so because if you co- yeah, if you constantly keep running the track over and recording, recording, it gets worse and worse in quality. So you use another machine to put other things on and then dump it onto it, and that's what we did with the effects and. Yeah. Because it's stuff. a mag, it's a real piece of work. That the real thing is a magnificent piece of recording. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I cannot yeah. take any credit for it. Yeah. Ian Meldrum was the total architect. Yeah. And like everyone thinks, everyone says, "Oh, Molly's a moron. He couldn't have done." Uh, Molly was uh, was his concept from start to finish. A lot of it was trial and error and experimentation. But <clears throat> giving Molly his dues, he doesn't know what he wants in the studio. Yeah. But when he stumbles across it, he knows instinctively it's right. Yeah. He'll go, that's it, that's it. Where everyone, everyone else is just sort of nodding off at three o'clock in the morning, you know. We had some poor, poor bloody guitar player out there playing the part over and over. No, try it this way. Try it, do something else. Do some, make it sound like stars, you know, all that. Stuff. And then finally. More purple. Yeah, more purple. And that's what happens. That mm. He's not so good at putting up Christmas lights, though. No, he wasn't putting up Christmas. I was with him that day. Yeah. I think that's the story that they, they said. What I, really happened? Well, I, I was there that day. <clears throat> and the reason he fell is because of him. We were doing a song for uh, Jerry Ryan, who was doing The Green Edge, the cycling team. Uh, with, and I was singing a duet with Ven- Vanessa Amorossi. And Ian had the master tapes. He said, can you take these down to Sing Sing? And I went, when? He said, as you're going home. I said, Ian... It's four o'clock. I said, it's going to be peak hour traffic. I'm going to be caught in all the traffic. I said, if you want me to take them, I'll go now. Because normally I would have stayed for another hour and a half. So I left. And he must have gotten bored. So he was on his way to Thailand and he probably thought, oh, I'll catch some extra rays of sun. So he's got a ladder which is cemented into the side of his wall, which goes up onto a sun deck. He was climbing up there with his mobile phone, his cigarettes... And trying to juggle those. 
and lost his balance uh, and fell. Well, there's a lesson in there. Don't yeah, that, smoke. <coughs> don't, don't smoke, smoke don't yes. Don't climb. What don't do you climb. mean to do? Don't smoke. <laughs> yeah. But he would have died except his gardener happened to be there, Joe, yeah. and Joe had done a, a, a first aid course. And Joe knew him, turned him onto his side and immediately... Because he went and went into coma almost yeah. straight away. He was in big trouble, wasn't he? Serious trouble. Yeah. Uh, like, um, it was real touch and go whether he was going to survive. How is he now, Russell? He's great. He it was so funny. <clears throat> they, they said to me, Ian wants to see you in hospital. And they said, before you go in, we're going to send you an email. You've got to do all this stuff, you know, because I'd been with him the day he fell. So you cannot talk to him about mobile phones. If he asks for your mobile phone, you cannot give it to him. You cannot talk about drinks. You can't say you'll go and get him drinks if he asks you to go and get him drinks. Do not talk to him about getting out of hospital. Do not talk to him. And like, and I thought, <laughs> this is horrifying. And I thought, I'm going to get in there. And I, th- I expected seeing him in a wheelchair and drinking soup through a straw. And I get in there, and there he is sitting with his baseball cap on his tracksuit, reading phone. the paper. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, Ian, Ian, he went, Mate, how are you? And I went, what? And I said, Ian, I expected you to be sitting here dribbling. You know, I said, everyone's given me such a hard time. They said, oh, they're all pains in the air. And, and they'd said to me, you cannot stay any longer than 20 minutes. And if, he's, oh, and if he shows any aggravation, you have to leave immediately. So I thought, oh, God, this, this is going to be old days. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and 20 minutes comes up, and I said, well, I better go. And he said, well, don't be ridiculous. What do you mean you've got to go? I said, oh, I have to go in. Where are you going? Stay here with me. And I said, well, th- people said I can only stay for that. Don't be ridiculous. So I went over and spoke to the nurse and said, they said, yeah, you can stay, you know. So I ended up staying for two hours. So I was on my way to Thailand as well. And uh, I went, left flew out the next day, I get to Thailand and I get a, an email from Amanda Palman, who's Brian Cadd's partner, who's a great friend of Ian's. What have you done? Where is Ian? You were, the, <laughs> you, you, were, you were the last person to see him and now he's disappeared. What's in his suitcase? Yeah. So Ian, after I left, he started to figure out, how do I get out of here? How do I get out of here? And he figured a way of getting out because you can't get out the ward unless you've got a special card and the nurses and that won't let you out. So he, he conjured this story. He said... I've decided to do physio. And they said, oh, because he refused to do it. And they said, oh, that's great, Ian. That's great. Well, when do you want to start? Like Monday? And he said, no, now. And they <laughs> went, what? You can't say. He said, I want to start now. If you want me to do physio, I want to go over and have a look and do it now. So they let him out. Mark and, Tinson. <laughs> I thought I turned it off. <laughs> so they said, all right, well, we'll take you over. So they got a charge nurse to take him home. They took him out and they took him down to the street. And as they got to the street, he turned one way and just kept walking. He said, Ian, Ian, it's over here. He said, fine, have a good time. Yeah. Come back. No, where are you going? I'm, I'm going home. So he, he nicked off. And they couldn't find him. They went searching for him and they, they couldn't find him. They had search parties out and everything. See, it is all your fault. Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, enabler. You're an enabler. (laughs) Russell Morris joining us in the studio here at 12.33. Now, you're at Toronto Workers last night. Tonight, Hexham Bowling Club. 
Uh, Soldiers Point tomorrow night. West's in New Lambton. On, you're hanging around the hood for a few days. Oh, I, I lo- think so. I love it up here. Um, Sunday, West's in New Lambton. Tickets, I believe there's still a few tickets available. You can call us for more details. Nick will tell you more. 1333-1233. And also playing the Sydney Blues and Roots Festival near the end of October out at Windsor. Th- that'll be great. We've, we've done all the blues festivals and we've loved them. Every one of them is such a, a delight to do. It really is a lot of fun doing all the festivals, and uh, I'd never done them before, so it's just been great. Okay. Because yeah, with, with the greatest <coughs> r- respect, <laughs> you guys are now cool again. Yeah, yeah well, I was, I w- I'd, we'd put our hands up many times to try and get onto either Byron or to Day on the Green and things like that. And no, sorry. It was like... It's like talking to a radio station. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so, no, no. Yeah, thank you very much for your... People were always really lovely to me, like... It's funny how it, it's changed with the success of the album, but people have always been really genuinely very nice. Mm. And I understand sometimes when people make a decision and they think it's their, 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 a business decision, they think, no, this is not quite right for us. I understand that completely. And, um, and people were very nice, and now it's great to be even more accepted into that, that genre. Yeah. Yeah. You've been here for nearly an hour. You've only played one tune. What, are you complaining? It's Russell Morris, man. Well, he brought his guitar. We'll he's play the, go and say, you know, play me a tune. <laughs> he tuned it. We'll play the uh, one that uh, started all, really. Um, this was, I was in Sydney and toying with the blues album and didn't want to write songs about America because I'm not American. I didn't want to write, so I wanted to write about Australia. I wanted to write about my roots, but I didn't know how to start about it you know i'd written a few songs and they weren't quite right and then i saw a photo which was thomas archer which is on the front of the album mm. and um he it just transfixed me the photo i just because i love photos especially old photos and i looked at it and looked i looked at his face and i looked and, and i could almost feel like i was standing in it <clears throat> i thought i'll take this home took it home kept looking at it I thought you to make a good album cover Maybe I'll write a song about this guy. So I wrote a song about him and called it Shark Mouth. His uh, nickname was Shark Jaws, but I didn't think it sounded poetic enough. So, so Shark Mouth. Shark Mouth was a ladies' man who saw himself as modern Don Juan. He put his bite on who it could. Bad is bad, not misunderstood. In nineteen sixteen, times were lean, and Shogmouth's crew they were razor keen. From the cross down to the loo. They all knew Shock is cruel Put the bite on you You put the bite on you Shock mouse teeth Cut you through You put the bite on you So watch your back under the lamplight Hold your lover Hold her tight Cause shark mouth's waiting Somewhere in the dark you find your neck you find his mark you 
bite on you. You put bite on you. Shark mouth teeth will cut you through. You put bite on you. Bond all reason lives a crew. Shark mouth reason. Shark mouth rule. That's right. Put the bite on you. Put the bite on you. Put the bite on you. Shark mouth teeth will cut you through. He'll put the bite on you. Shark mouth's teeth will cut you through. He'll put the bite on you. Russell Morris live in the studio here in ABC Newcastle. You can see why he's called Shark Mouth because he looks like Steve Tyler. He, he's unbelievable. Right. We've got other photos of him, which are incredible. If you Google the site, which is uh, how, uh, Historic Houses of New South Wales, it's on there. Uh, it's a trust site, and they've got some other photos of him, and he is an astounding-looking guy. <laughs> well, I thought you were singing about Mitch when you first started. Yeah, yeah. So, saw himself as a modern-day Don Juan. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, right. he, he's, I did write one about Mitch. It's a different. It's called Blabbermouth. <laughs> I As I told you, he promised to introduce me to Jennifer Hawkins, and I found out that's a lie. He doesn't, oh, he doesn't even know her. Oh. No, 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 no. Now, in a dark period of my life, I used to work at Fanny's doing the sound there, and they used to have bikini competitions. There. Neither of us worked there then, Tino. No, no, <laughs> but Jennifer Hawkins was one of the contestants, and she didn't win. She didn't win. She didn't win. Go that figure. is funny. Yeah. That's ironic, isn't it? Was, it? it was like we were working at a record company or a radio station. Oh, backstage, <laughs> man, it was just full of the smell of cooking spray and double-sided tape. All I tape. can say, Mark, is bring me the winners. I'm <laughs> <laughs> hearing you. Mitch Cairns, I want to talk to you for a sec in the middle of this, sitting in the middle of these two old rockers, and there are photos extant as well of Tino and his lycra and his high boots. You've worked as a musician and a producer with a whole bunch of people. Your CV itself is as long as your arm. What's it been like to come and work with Russell on this project? Um, yeah, it was great. Um, we, we had a good time. It was a pretty long project. We, we started in 2010, and um, so it's it's been three years for it to develop to what it is now, but it's it's been fantastic. Yeah, I love watching the relationship, the the rapport between the two of you. As as I said earlier, young dog, old dog. Old dog. It's yeah. it's funny and it's I, beautiful to watch. Yeah, I caught quite a hammering from him. Oh, yeah. I bet you do. Right. Just, just talking That's out right. of school, Mitch did say that you did nearly all the vocals on the album in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did, we did. Uh, so it was really Mitch that was taken all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well. No. Pretty well. Well, well, what what really happened, we did four tracks and then I ran out of money. And I just said to Mitch, I can't afford to do this. And eight months went by. And then Brian had announced to us that he may not be coming back from from England. And Jim Keyes was sick. So that's when Mitch said, we better do this. Yeah, we kind of got to a point where it was like a, a lot of our peers that had heard the first four songs really loved them. And we really loved them. And it's it's be horrible to not have a not record finished. finished. Yeah. yeah, so we just said, let's just do it. Bugger everyone else, you know. If they don't want it, they 
don't want it. As a young musician and producer, albeit with a stellar CV behind you, what do you think? I played a little bit of, of the real thing earlier while Russell was talking. What do you think when you hear something like that? Oh, look, it's an amazing piece of work. And, um, you know, it's a credit to the to everybody involved. You know, I'm a big believer of, um, you know, it's all about the team. If you've got the right people around you, mm. it'll usually come out all right. <laughs> Although you today, you've got yeah. all sorts of amazing, wonderful technologies available to you. And, you know, these guys had a bit of tape. Yeah, yeah, but we, we still cut this record pretty... Um, Pretty old school. Like we, we still. There's a lot of whole takes. There's minimal editing because I, I hate editing. Like, so the band playing all at once. Yeah. Well, we actually cut rest. them bit by bit, but I was really cautious to make it, try and make it sound like we did it together. Mm. Like uh, we we did it in a small studio on a very very tight budget, so we didn't have the luxury of you know big studios and everybody tracking and there's extra engineers doing things. I was playing and mixing <laughs> and. Running things all at once, so mm. um, making coffee and things. So You must be yeah. yourself really chuffed to see, as we, we started the conversation with Russell saying, you know, maybe we thought it would sell 5,000 copies. You must be really chuffed to have seen that the work that everybody has put into it has taken shark mouth and, and Russell to where he is now. Totally. It's, a, it's amazing. And it's, it's really exciting that we've, um, we've hit a winner with something that we really believed in as opposed to, you know, shooting out a single, a pop single that you kind of just, out it goes. Because that would be easy to do, it. wouldn't it? Well, theoretically <laughs> it's easy to do, whether, whether it sells or not. It's not but, yeah, but, it, yeah is, but it is often harder to do the thing, Russell, I'm sure you'd agree, as you were talking about with not wanting to be, um, you know, the product of, of a pop a forced pop career, it's much harder sometimes to stick to your gun and say, no, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to sound, this is what I want to write, and then put it out there knowing that you may just fall flat in your face. Yeah, well, for people to embrace something that we're so massively proud of, it's an extra, extra bonus. You know, it's really cool. So, so you're happy with this baby? Yes. And yes. the best thing is it's looking dangerously like you'll never have to get a real job ever. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you're following the old dog over there. <laughs> so. My mum still says, you know, you should, you should do yeah, this. Have you got something to fall back on? Yeah, you know, I'm sort of... <laughs> okay, no worries. No, 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 please don't give up on that aspiration. You yeah, remind no worries, me that my mom. kids aren't necessarily destined to life in a suit, <laughs> and that's a really, really good thing, I reckon. I reckon we need to play a little bit of track four, one of the co-writes, Mitch and uh, Russell, did together okay, to on. take it out. All right. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank oh, you. It's yes, been a great pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. It's not like an interview. It's just been fun. We've had a good time. It's great. That's the way this Friday show usually yeah. works, though. I thought you should know that by now. All right, track four, you said? Yeah, here we go. All right, Mitch Cairns, thank you so much for coming in. Russell thank Morris, you. thank you as always. Thank Mark you. Tinson, see you again very soon. Oh, and thank you. No, 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 no track four on Shark Mouth. Oh, on Shark this Mouth. Is... Oh, we're running out of time. What no, see, that's doing? chain, you know. <laughs> I, I, I saw Matt Taylor that. say once, <laughs> you know, we're in the Guinness World Book of Records for being the only blues band to have a number one single. And you just go, good on you. So you guys are kind of up with Chain now. Yeah. yeah. Well, number one. Yeah. Um, well, num- Black and Blue was number one, now, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Black and Blue, number one. And Judgment yeah. was number two, I think. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Morris. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Tina.
It's gonna rain. I suppose they've got some real work to go and do now. It's been lovely having in the studio on a Friday music show. Heading for Platinum, you can do that, Newcastle. Tonight at Hexham Bowling Club, 3 o'clock.